0: So round 17 of the AFL season threw up some pretty cool results, but most importantly, it was an exciting round of football. I'm going to talk about this and a couple of major points, especially in relation to the quality of the games that we saw in this week's edition of The Lace Out Podcast with a new name. Hit it, Stevie. Stevie. Of reasons. First of all, a lot of people have been looking up the wrong Laces Out podcast, which is an American NFL podcast on Spotify and Pocket Casts and iTunes, and a number of other places. So uh, we decided to take the yes out, but most importantly, I had a bit of a chat with a couple of my mates over a couple of beers uh, over the weekend. They were saying that in Australia, it's known as Lace Out, not Laces Out. So, hey, you know what? When in Rome, let's do the right thing. So let's call it what it's supposed to be. So from now on, we're going to be known as the Lace Out Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Christopher Pepper, wrapped to be here, belting out another review of AFL Football, Round 17, coming to you every Tuesday. Um, And I think the great thing that I want to talk about uh, from this round is just the quality of the games that were played. One other thing that I'm going to focus on is over the last number of weeks, probably actually throughout the whole season, I've focused on a lot of the things that have been really negative about the game. This week, we're flipping it on its head. So for the first time ever, this season, we're not going to have a great pretender because you know what? No one pretended. In my eyes, we're talking about the greatness of what this round of football was like. So we're going to highlight what I really took out of it. Um, And there were some exciting things across the board. Yeah, there were a couple of lowlights, you know, uh, Carlton put in another crappy performance. Um, We could also say that uh, Gold Coast put in another dodgy performance. But we talk about that every week. So let's focus on the good stuff. Uh, And I think the highlight of the weekend from a lot of us was the game on Sunday afternoon between two teams, Sydney and also North Melbourne, a belter of a game. It could could be setting up who is going to make... um, the eight out of these two, Sydney got across the line. It was a 16-point margin in the end, but I think the result actually blew out um, what the quality of the game was. If you have a look at the score line, it was a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 score changes over the course of the day. Um, it was just back and forth, back and forth. The game was only one of the last... Two minutes, um, and I don't think there was anything better. If you have a chance to see some of the highlights from this weekend's game, just have a look at the two Sudanese guys, Majak door and Sydney's Ali Lira, Lira, just going at it, playing on each other. and was some of the most high-quality athletic football we have seen um, from a long time. doors come out and kick four, uh Aaliyah's kicked the game winner, but most importantly, you know, these are two players that had been um I wouldn't say ridiculed but maligned for, for quite a while for both their teams, uh, especially Dor over the years. And if you have a look at his highlights package from the game, you'd sit back and go, where has this been? We don't want another flash in the pan, but it, it was just beautiful to see two um two players just taking on the game, having fun with it, enjoying it, and most importantly, making a massive impact both of their teams and as a football follower there is nothing more important to us as seeing blokes enjoying it and two teams putting on a contest and have a look at the score we're talking 98 to 104 we're talking 31 goals kicked 31 16 that is magnificent kicking so you know high quality game high scoring game Um, It went right down to the last couple of minutes. That's all we want. And we've got these teams sitting fourth and ninth. I think the Swans have probably locked in their finals position with that win and North are going to struggle to get there. But you just never know. But remember, a lot of us, including me, we've said it before, pick North to be finishing last at the um, end of the year. So, You know, that's just one of the magnificent results that came out of AFL football. And I know if you're like me and you follow either of these teams, uh, yeah, you would have been disappointed from North's perspective, but you couldn't have been disappointed with the effort, um, the intensity, and most importantly, the way that they just take on the game every single week. And the Swans, they just, every single week, every single year, just happen to bring new players in and most importantly can just get the job done which is an exciting one as well too. Uh, let's have a look at another one which was an absolute corker of a game which was funny enough Fremantle and Port Adelaide. Now, when I say a corker of a game the quality was pretty Schiesenhausen let's be frank but what was brilliant about the game was it's great to see Port Adelaide having a loss on the road has it dampened their top four aspirations maybe but isn't it great to see the Fremantle team who have, you know, been another one out of the pump for pretty much most of the year. Uh, Ross Lyons copped his fair share on and off the field for, you know, various indiscretions and most importantly his, you could almost say stubbornness towards uh, playing younger guys, etc. He took the punt uh, halfway through last year, made some changes, that's continued on and you can start to see that the younger brigade are making a difference for, for, for Fremantle as well. They are still lacking a big power forward. And, you know, uh, Brent Harvey was talking on the radio on SEN today that he thinks that Jesse Hogan will eventually go back. But the way that I look at it is now that he's not he signed up until the end of next year, 2019, and if he hasn't gone by now, he's not going to go. And, yes, he's going to be going home, but he knows that he's playing in a team that's got a future. You don't know where um, Fremantle... He doesn't have a Tom McDonald to support him down there. He doesn't have the, the quality of... Um, Oliver, Petrarca. Um, yeah, he has got, there is Fife down there. He hasn't got a Max Gorn that's going to be lazy, hitting him out laces out around the grounds as well, too. So there's a lot of things that he needs to think about, and I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Why would you want to leave Melbourne at the moment? They, they are a team on the rise. And we'll talk a little bit about their third quarter, because if you haven't seen that, it's going to be an absolute belter. But yeah, Fremantle, um, it was great to see them get the win. I know every uh, person over here in Melbourne loves to see. Port Adelaide lose, but it was just once again it was uh, you know Mundy doing his thing, Neil doing his thing, new name in Ryan, new name in Langdon, new name in Cox, new name in Darcy. So there's some freshness about who's coming into that to the wins with it. And once again, it was the same old: it was Wines, Pollock, Palpepper, Wingard, Westhoff. New, no real new names to um, get them across the line. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one moving towards the end of the year. Um, Port Adelaide, yeah, they've got some um, they've got some credits in the bank. We get that, but that was a win that they should have had. It was one that I don't think a lot of people didn't pick. Um so kudos to Fremantle for a great win and you know, suck like balls to you there, Paul Adelaide, because <laughs> too bad, too sad. Um another one that I want to really have a quick shout out about as well too was pretty much my second, maybe my, I'll even say my equal second favourite team outside of um outside of uh the way that um North Melbourne will play this year is, you know, the best eight and one team now, uh who are not eight and one anymore, but the Brisbane Lions. You know, they've gone down to a ground, I think, from a team who's won, I think, 26 out of 27 games there, which was down in Tasmania, being Hawthorne. They've gone down there. The only team to beat them down there out of that 27 was Brisbane, and they've gone ahead and done it again. But have a look at some of the names that starred for Brisbane last week. Dane Beams. You know, you can't can't ask anything more than what he is producing day in, day out. You know, he's had a lot of things on his mind. He's had a lot of issues to deal with. He can now just play some good football and he's leading from the front. He might not have the C above his name anymore, but he is making, um, he, he's dragging people along. You know, we've got Rainer in there, Cam Rainer, the, the number one draft pick from last year, who has just taken the league by storm this year. Daniel Rich, you know, someone who was always going to say, you know, is he going to be able to get to that next level? Is he going to be able to make a difference? You know, Juice Mitch Robinson, another one. He. he wears his heart on his sleeve. He bleeds for that club. And then you've got Berry and you've got Walker, two new names into that loom. So they've got a mix of the old and they've got a mix of the new. Uh, how can you not get excited about that? Rainer's kick three, Hipwood's kicked three, Robinson's kick three, McStay's kick two. You know, Luke Hodge didn't even play in this group. So they haven't just gone out and beaten the team. They've absolutely flogged them. We're talking a five-goal victory here. They've kicked 15 goals, eight. Beautiful kicking. Hawthorne have gone down with a loss that most people would have said that you know that would have locked that win a couple of weeks ago. Sicily's gone with a broken bone in his hand or wrist, so he's going to be out for six weeks, potentially the rest of the year. And so the saw, I think the Hawthorne are very, very lucky that they do have a bit of an easier run over the next six weeks because that's all we've got left in the regular season. Six weeks, how quick has it gone? Um, so they've got that on their side, but once again, they're a team that's no lock to make the finals either. So yeah, you know, just a couple of these, um, a couple of these outcomes over the weekend have made a massive um, difference to pit teams' top four chances, teams' bottom four of the top eight, but most importantly, teams making the eight altogether. On the flip side to that, though. Really wanted to give a quick shout out to the Melbourne Football Club. I know you're my team. I missed the first quarter of the game because we couldn't get a car park anywhere. Um, getting frustrated with the kids. The kids are getting frustrated at me. Thank goodness for Mac Happy Meals to keep them shut up, to, to keep them quiet over uh, a bit of time. And if you saw the first half of this game, you know, thinking that they'd come back from Darwin the previous week, we don't have a really good record of winning when we come back from Darwin just because of the heat and the fatigue factor. Um, Last year's game, I think that was the Sydney game. That was Melbourne's Friday night game, and we completely fell in a hole. They were just absolutely cooked by that particular stage. This week, I actually spoke to a lot of people at work, friends, colleagues, and said, look, don't, don't, don't tip Melbourne this week. They will get beaten by the doggies. They don't perform whatsoever when they come back from Darwin. And if you looked at the first half of football, you would have been uh, correct by my uh, assessment of what was going on. Um, It was probably the most putrid half of football, even though I got to see a little bit of the the first quarter, but the second quarter was pretty disgusting at one stage thinking of going home because they were playing pretty disgraceful football. They were slipping over a lot. Their skills were disgraceful. Um, Couldn't hit a target if they, you know, couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat, you could say. Um, It was just, it just wasn't very Melbourne-like. It was Melbourne-like, but it wasn't the Melbourne that we would expect They go in at halftime, we're thinking, what's going to come out? Goodwin's probably given them an absolute ripping forth. Um, The bullies, to their credit, have come out and kicked the last goal before halftime, the first goal after halftime. They're in front and we're going, OK, here we go, here we go, the old Melbourne's come back. And then, in an extraordinary 12-minute stretch, the Dees have kicked seven unanswered goals, Max Gorn has lit up the MCG with some of the finest ruck work. I think even Jonathan Brown said it was the finest quarter he'd seen of a ruckman this year. Um, Angus Brayshaw, Angus- Angus uh, Petrarca in the middle, Harms in the middle, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me excited about him. He's magnificent. Uh, Hogs down forward, uh, Spargo and Bar- um, Garlet down forward, um, you know, McDonald's, we're we just doing everything right. And if I'm telling you now, regardless if you're a Melbourne supporter, if you just love the game of AFL football, go back and watch that 12-minute stretch. It was some of the most pure, exciting, um, just mouth-watering football. And if that was coming from any team, you would have been excited by it. It It was just pure. They could not do a thing wrong. And we know that's the type of football that Melbourne can play. And if they're able to replicate that, what's going to make it tough is not having Jack Vitey in there, in the guts, because he is, he is a co-captain, but he bring, he's a four or five better goal team when he's in there driving the expectations of the group. And he just leads from the front and not having him in there is, is going to make it difficult. But I think the thing that Melbourne have realised is we we don't need one player to have that engine room purring along because we have got plenty of people to go through. And it just blew the doggies away, and they had no answers, and it was um, it was stunning. It was just stunning football. So go and have a chance. Go and have a look at it. It was a game that the Ds had to win. They did go away. They did win it. And now they've set themselves up with a couple of the results that happened on the weekend, especially the team that are playing this week, which is Geelong, who lost in Adelaide. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. If they can get over the Cats this week, um, it could potentially put them two games clear within the top eight with Adelaide and the Gold Coast to come for the couple of weeks after. They have got a bit of a tough one in the last three weeks, being Sydney, West Coast, and GWS. It is going to be a tough run. They're going to have to pinch a couple. I reckon they can do it against the Cats this week. Um, I think the Cats, if Hawkins doesn't fire, they're they're in trouble. Melbourne have got too much potency up forward than Geelong. So something's going to have to give for the Cats this week. Could it see Dangerfield down forward a lot more this week? We don't know. Will Gary Abel play permanent forward? We don't know. But that's a great thing about our game is, you know, what can happen one week it can be flipped on its head the week later. Looking at that Geelong-Adelaide game, um, I, I put my hand up, I picked the Cats. I actually thought the Cats had come out and smashed the Crows because they have been uh, a shallow, you know, a shadow of their former selves. You know, this team made a grand final uh to no, last year, you know, the whole, you remember the whole standing up at attention at the, uh, the uh, National Anthem, and so you would have thought that they would have been, you know, blowing away, but that first quarter that uh, the Cats rolled out, you know, four goals three to um, three goals three, I thought it would have been the other way around, I thought that the Cats would have dominated with this one, and they didn't, but it was people like, um, Tommy Lynch, uh, not the one that hasn't made up his mind. Hint, hint, honk, honk. We know where he's going. You know, he's coming out and kicked three. Murphy's kicked four. Jenkins is kicked two. Gallucci's kicked two. Um, and once again, if you have a look at Geelong, Hawkins and Dangerfield, that's it. They're the only two goal scorers. So if Hawkins goes down, or Hawkins doesn't fire, and Dangerfield doesn't fire, they don't have that firepower to be able to register a, a good score. But everybody just played well. He's his, his all Australian backman. Lock it in. You know, he's going to be fighting, if he's going to be fighting for a spot, it's going to be the good old Neville Jetta. We know that. Um, you have also, look, you know, um, Lynch, Atkins, Sloan, signs up, gets in the best. Crouch again, Malera, Doty. Um, There's just something to like about the, close, the Crows at the moment, but have they left their run too late? Um, maybe, maybe not, we don't know. Tex ain't going to be playing this week because he decided to um, pretty much run through Zach Tui. And uh, send him into La La Land. And how we got a week, Michael Christensen, you're a dead set flog. That's a week. You're kidding me. That's more than a week. That should have been at least a three weeker. At least make it two, so we didn't have to play against him the week later. Um, so that's really setting it up for an awesome week in a couple of weeks against the D's as well too. Um, and the good thing is, is that the Crows um, have they got a slight chance? We don't know, but they're playing the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba, which a number of weeks ago you would have thought, yeah, lock it in. But you know, the Lions have won three in a row. Adelaide is starting to get a bit of their mojo back. Um, there's a little bit of excitement there. So, you know, a game that they would have probably locked in is maybe a, a given. They're going to be tough to beat up there at the Gabba. That Gabba is becoming a little bit more of a fortress like it used to be quite a number of years ago. Um, and I'll tell you what, if I was playing in the Brisbane Lions in the last few rounds, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'd want to be part of it. Um, another team that I have to give out some credit to is um, Essendon. They just keep finding a way to win on the road. Uh, this week, it, mind you, it was against the Gold Coast Suns. The Gold Coast were in it quite early, but they just uh, after half time they they fell in a hole. Stewie Jew can only do what he can with the group that he's got. You know, good. It's great to see Dyson Heppel get some um, get some um, uh, form back. Nice thirty six disposals. Zach Merritt with a casual, a casual thirty seven, um, and they just keep doing what they have to do. You know, if you think about it, they've beat they've beat uh, Gold Coast in Gold Coast, GWS at GWS. They've also beaten um, the Perth team, being the Eagles in Perth as well too. And I think there's one other one which I can't think off the top of my head. So they have an amazing record away from home, but they still lost to Carlton. Sorry, have to keep bringing that up, but you did. So regardless of how awesome your year is going and how it's picking up towards the end, you still lost to Carlton. So no matter how many positives you have, Yes, still lost to Carlton Essendon. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep telling you about that. But the great thing about it is is that, you know, you have a look at their best. Their best, Hurley, Smith, Hooker, Heppel, Merritt, Langford. A bit of the old, a bit of the new. Um, And it's good to see, look, I think it's great to see teams who have had it hard for quite a number of years start to get a bit of traction. And they're going to cause some damage in the last few rounds. You know, teams get a bit of uh, spunk about themselves. They want to try and knock off as many of these uh, teams that want to make the eight or who are in the final eight as possible. So to think that the season is dying up and there's not much to play for, I can tell you pride is a big one. And yeah, maybe getting that number one pick is something that a lot of teams want to strive for, especially Carlton. But it ain't going to solve the puzzle. It's just one piece of the puzzle. And if we go back and have a look at how many number one picks have truly been successful and truly impact players at their clubs... Don't think that's as many. Actually, if you have a look at how many number one draft picks have won um, premierships, I don't think it's all that many either. Uh, so um, I'm just having a bit of a look now for you all. Um, I think like Luke Hodge would probably be the uh, one of the early ones. I would also have a look at... Um, actually, I've got it here. So give me a moment and I'll have a look for you. So... Um, just going through, just going through, just going through. Uh, Drew Banfield, yep, he would have played one. I think he would have played in one of the West Coast ones. Um, Michael Gardner would have snuck one in as well too. Uh, Des Hedland I think he snuck one at the Brisbane Lions. Hodges obviously picked up four. Um, but outside of that, no one else has, has won a flag. So to think that the number one draft pick is going to make the big difference it isn't going to happen it just isn't going to happen but if you have a look at the last number of years and if we go from two thousand and eleven so the big general Johnny Patton's gone down with a knee but he was he's made a bit of a, made a bit of a difference lucky Whitfield he's been brilliant over the last number of um, uh, weeks as well with the GWS um, Tom Boyd. For various reasons. Yes, he was at GWS originally. He has, sorry, he did win a flag with the Bulldogs. Um, Paddy McCartney, he's had his issues, but he's starting to get some consistency there. Jacob Wiedering started off like a house on fire, and now he's fizzled into nothing. I'd like to see him get back some of that um, form that he was in. Andy McGrath's been solid for Eston the year that they got shot themselves in the foot, or maybe shot themselves in the stomach or the arm or multiple places, and were given a draft pick. On something that they did, which was wrong, which I think was a farce altogether. and Cam has already um pulling the goods already up there in Brisbane. so it helps getting these people in, but it isn't going to solve the issue of working up the ladder on I don't, can't want to get a priority pick, get stuffed. you've got to stop cutting out the charity, you don't need it anymore. But what do you reckon, viewers? Oh, viewers, listeners, what do you think? You know, should should Carlton get a priority pick? Do they deserve one? I don't want to talk about the bad stuff. I think that um, coming from a group like Melbourne, who, you know, pretty much went after it year after year, tanked, etc., it actually puts your club back a lot more because you start to get a culture of losing. And I know players don't deliberately go out there to lose, but that's the shit just happens, and it's no good. Um, So if I was Carlton, I'd be like, you know what? We don't want it. Let's just focus on what we want to be in control of. Um, outside of that, you know what? Um, GWS and Richmond, what a corker of a game. Back and forth football. GWS got over the line and they are starting to get a little bit of momentum going towards the last few weeks. Um, they've got some exciting games coming up. They play the Ds in La in the last round of the year. And we know what happened to Melbourne last year. They're sitting seventh at the moment. All their plays are starting to come back into the into the fold of things. Um, have they worked out how to play Richmond instead of playing the high pressure handball stuff, kicking the ball a little bit around to be able to maybe spread the Richmond defence out? That was something that would have worked. Um, have a look at the GWS: Ward, Canelio, Whitfield, Shield, Taranto, Langer, some gorgeous names, gorgeous footballers in there. You know, good looking perspective here yeah, maybe, but from the way they play, awesome. Um, once again, you know, Dusty Martin's coming and picked up a little bit of form. Lambert, Rioli, Grimes, Prestia short. So, and good to see fifth, almost fifteen thousand people there in GWS. You know, that's probably a lot bigger than some of the NRL games. So what does that what does that mean? Is are we getting some traction up there, or did just a lot of Richmond supporters make their way up? I was listening to a bit of this game on the way home on the weekend, just doing some shopping, etc. And every time the GWS kicked to goal, you could hear the roar. Now, I don't think it was a stage draw I think it was like a genuine it was a genuine raw but more importantly it's just great to see them starting to get some of that following they've set their list up so much better than what the Gold Coast did because they made sure that they got the leaders into the group people like um Callum Ward Luke Power James McDonald uh, Big Dean Brogan these guys um you know Chad Corns set this group up for success from day one Gold Coast didn't do that, and now they're reaping the rewards. And you can see they're starting to do things that they never did a couple of years ago, the GWS, Um, such as smarter football, um, a lot more two-way running, um, a lot more working for each other. Um, More importantly, if you have a look at some of the work towards the end of the game, um, Dylan Shield came out of the middle. There was probably a minute and a half left, and instead of just bombing it forward, he just chipped it nicely to the wing it's going to chew up some clock there. So they're just getting older and they're getting smarter in the way that they approach their football as well too. From a Richmond perspective, can you look into it too much? Eh, probably not. Um, yeah, it was a loss, but they don't have a great record outside of the MCG. But as one of my colleagues today at work said, he goes, peps, grand finals are not won in July. And most importantly, they are one at the MCG. And we have one how many in a row there? 26-odd, yeah, I think. Um so yeah, you can't really argue with him from that perspective. Here's the thing though, I don't have any more games that uh, Richmond have outside of the G for the rest of the year. Let's have a quick look. So this week uh, they're playing at Etihad, okay. St Kilda lot playing at Etihad. They're starting to get a little bit of form, a couple of wins um, in a row there. Next week they've got Richmond and Collingwood, okay. So that's not going to be a, that's going to be a cork of a game of the week after. Looking at that. Uh, Geelong on the G as well. The week after that, they've also then got... Oh, they've got the bye, which is Gold Coast at Metricon. Round 22, they've got Richmond and Essendon, so that's not going to be an easy one. And last but not least, round 23, which sort of gets set up, depending on when where teams finish, etc., is going to be the Western Bulldogs. So they haven't got an easy run, the Tigers, and they've been sitting top two for the whole year. Their danger is that they don't get that top two position... And they uh, lose their first final, or they're going to have to go interstate to play. You never know what could happen. That is going to be the whole Forest Gump scenario. It is going to be that box of chocolates, and I don't know what we're going to get. If it's at the G, it's going to be the link door ball. Mm, yummy, yummy. If it's uh, away from the G's, mm, it could be it could be yucky. It could be those you know spearmint discs or whatever that no one likes to eat. It Could be absolutely putrid. But it's going to be exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the GWS can do over the next couple of weeks. Um, because, like I said, they're, they're another group that's got um, a lot of potential. They're getting a lot of their stars back. Um, you know, This week, they've got Port of Adelaide Oval. How good is that going to be of a game? So, you know, moving into round 18, you've got St Kilda and Richmond. That's going to be an all right one to watch. Collingwood and North, jeez, there's two teams whose final series could be on the line. Um, Sydney and Gold Coast, don't worry about that. Essendon and Fremantle, yeah, never know. Brisbane Lions and Adelaide, jeez, that's going to be a tasty one to watch. The 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 Geelong versus Melbourne down at uh, GMHB Alphabet Stadium, Carlton and Hawthorne, you oh, forget about that. West Coast and the Western Bulldogs, yeah, forget about that one. Important GWS at the Adelaide Oval, so another corker of a week of AFL football. So, look, I know it's been of a shorter one today. I just really wanted to highlight that the game is in a good state now. It isn't my great pretender for the week, but I just wanted to highlight one thing. You know, on the news tonight, they spoke about how the AFL is thinking about how can we introduce new new rules, um, new um, ways of the game being umpired, et cetera, and so forth. You know what? Just leave it. Just leave it. I think it was like most people had four or five winners over the weekend, a lot of upsets, high-scoring football. The game is going to evolve. It simply is going to do that, Okay. We've had a game which had 21 goals kicked. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that was back and forth pressure all day, that GWS and Richmond game. It was probably one of the best games, like the North one we mentioned earlier. So just leave it. Um, it isn't netball. We don't need zones. We don't need bigger goal squares. We don't need anything along those lines. Just interpret the game like it's meant to be played. Um, just leave it alone. I, I I don't know what more to say. It's just, you know, it's a game that we've all grown up with. I'm 42 years of age. It's a game that I've been playing since I was you know, four or five years. And most importantly, the good games will be good games. But I think what's happened is we're seeing a lot more of the shit games. And we can just park those to the side and focus on the ones. We love an upset. We love an underdog. We love close games. We love high-scoring games. And we had that on the weekend. So instead of just, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, have a bit of a look how the rest of the season goes. Trial some things. Let every club go through these trials and then make a educated decision. Go with, your, go with your gut, go with your head, and go with your heart, all right? It's all got to feel right. It's got to, you know, dead set down in your heart. It's the right decision. In the head, it's got to be the best decision for the game, not for you, AFL. So, you know, you're lining your pockets. Um, and in the gut, you've got to be doing the, the responsible thing, for the supporters out there, because I tell you what, if you screw this game up, people will continue to walk away, and it's as simple as that. Okay, so the siren is sung on a another round of AFL football. Like I said, thank you, listeners. Like I said, every Tuesday, Chris Pepper's coming back with the Lace Out podcast. Uh, we're also, once again, if you look up Lace Out on YouTube, you will find our YouTube channel, which has this beautiful podcast available for you to listen at any time. So share. um, Most importantly, if you have any questions, if there's anything you'd like to see, hey, if you think there's anyone there that we should have a bit of a chat to and, and get them on an interview, hey, I'd love to hear it. But most importantly, if you're like me, you love your football and you love it, lace out. Have a great week. See you next week.